0: with Lyme, one of the hardest things is the ongoing chronic pain. So how can we learn to thrive and how can we manage our pain? Let's have a look at some other therapies that are used in Europe. We're going to visit Dr. Kumar Biswas on Vancouver Island. He practices and trains physicians in neurotherapy. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kumar Biswas. Thank you. What is biological medicine?
1: Biological medicine is a system of medicine practiced uh, predominantly in Europe, where there's an integration of uh, a lot of types of alternative medicine um, with modern medicine. So biological medicine is looking at sort of the laws of nature and instead of getting focused on diagnosis, really looking at what's termed uh, in North America as functional physiology. So, trying to figure out what's imbalanced in the physiology and correcting that instead of doing the cookbook of creating a diagnosis and then treating the diagnosis
0: functional physiology so is that similar to functional medicine
1: very similar so in in functional medicine in the united states which has grown a lot in the last few years uh, they've taken a lot of principles of biological medicine and expanded upon it where uh, people are looking more for the cause of what's going on with their condition as opposed to treating the symptoms. So you're going down a route of, of trying to take the art of medicine and the science of medicine and, and marry the two together.
0: Now, I know there's probably many therapies that fall under biological medicine. What is neural therapy specifically?
1: Well, neurotherapy, it's a gentle healing technique uh, that was developed in Germany uh, in the early 1900s where you involve the injection of local anesthetics Um, in in our case especially in natural medicine we try to use um, preservative free procaine Um, and we inject these anesthetics into things like scars peripheral nerves glands acupuncture points and the autonomic nervous system to bring regulation to the body
0: Wow that's so so what is procaine and what does what does procaine do (laughs)
1: <laughs> procaine. I always laugh a little bit now when people ask me about procaine. Uh, I was at a conference in Ottawa um, about six years ago now, and there were a lot of South American doctors uh, visiting and participating in this uh, in this amazing neurotherapy conference. And their connection with procaine is definitely above and beyond just the science. They're, they're very passionate about the, the healing aspect of it. Procaine is a it's a a derivative actually of cocaine when they we first discovered and 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 one of the most famous scientists uh most of your listeners would know sigmund freud um they they develop procaine or excuse me cocaine and they use that in um eye surgery but the problem is uh it's very addictive and there's a lot of side effects to it so uh Another scientist got an analog of that and came along and found procaine. And procaine has that anesthetic numbing effect, but it also has the effect of balancing or upregulating nerves by taking the charge that's in the nerve and actually bringing it back to a normal level. Instead of being hyper or hypo, it actually brings it to a regulatory phase. So, procaine's used. In modern medicine right now, a lot uh, for freezing and that type is local freezing. And in neurotherapy, it's it's the freezing's a bonus, but the uh, the other effects are, are extremely positive to healing.
0: So it would be similar then for our listeners just to understand what it is. It's kind of like going to the dentist and having your tooth frozen before they work on it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Novocaine is what you're talking about there. And Novocaine is procaine with a uh, sulfite preservative in it.
0: Okay, there you go. Learn something new every day. So, how can neural therapy help people manage their pain?
1: Well, probably first and foremost, as in an introduction with neural therapy, we like to talk about um, something called interference fields. Interference fields are um, are the result of things like surgery, vaccinations. Uh, piercings tattoos traumas inflammation infection what actually happens in the body is the autonomic nervous system or think of it as your automatic nervous system goes into instead of using a proper cruise control it's actually changing from a high speed to a low speed it's braking when it should be accelerating it's not going through what you're normally going to have happen in an automatic situation like a cruise control in a car So when the classic is a scar, for instance, a gallbladder removal scar, um, whether it was done by laparoscopy or by an incision, the scar crosses meridian lines in the body. It also crosses fascial planes. And when it does that, it creates an interference in the electrical flow, in the physical flow, and as well as the energetic flow of the body. So when we inject scars with procaine, what we're doing is essentially unraveling those blockages to allow the autonomic or automatic nervous system to go back to balance.
0: That is so interesting to learn what's actually happening. I have tried neurotherapy and I've had really great results with it. I even had some of the scar tissue on my tonsils treated and I was amazed at how quickly it cleared up.
1: Oh, good for you. You know, it it takes a certain person, certain patient uh, to be brave enough to actually step into that realm and do that because Um, You know, it's in in Canada, at least it's not a, it's definitely not part of the conventional medical system. Um, There are a few conventional medical doctors who have taken the time and effort to go and be trained in this technique. Um, In the United States, there's probably a few more uh, with a wider system. They also have anesthesiologists doing it. But um, yeah, to get over the fear of actually using the needle as a tool to deliver the medicine, especially to a place like the tonsils um, is really great. So I'm happy to hear that. In the same token, you know, one of my great teachers, Dr. Dietrich Klinghart, um, a German doctor who resides in Seattle and in, in Europe, um, he says one of the best advances in the last hundred years is actually the hypodermic needle. So we can actually deliver lower doses of medicine to the specific site. And in your case, we would say that tonsils compared to swallowing oral medicines which you end up having to take such higher doses, which can be almost toxic to the body. So directing it to that spot, like lymphatic tissue, which the tonsils are, can really bring about some profound healing.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. I mean, I have always been the person who is such a chicken for needles. When I was a kid, I used to lock myself in the bathroom so that I wouldn't have to go and get an injection. And with neurotherapy, like, my body really responds well to it, and you know the nice thing about it is then it's frozen as soon as you get the shot done. So, Doctor Biswas, you mentioned that over in Germany and Europe that neural therapy is practiced more there by conventional medicine.
1: Yeah, in countries like Switzerland, uh, they actually teach neural therapy. Um, as a methodology and therapy uh, and assessment that's the other thing neural therapy has going for it that's uh, really impressed me in the early days of my studies Um, when you have a potential uh, say tooth or jaw infection when you do neural therapy to that area um, you may not get a cure but you actually from the response of the injection you can find out whether there is an infection or a cavitation or something else going on that isn't visible by X-ray or by a typical dentist physical exam, and so places like uh, Switzerland teach their physicians in medical school how to do neural therapy. And Dr. Hans Pairs, one of my mentors, he's uh, in Bern, Switzerland, and an incredible, incredible neural therapist. Um, and uses it integrated directly with natural medicine as well as conventional medicine and is able to do techniques that when you're trained early on in your career, um, you build confidence to be able to do these injections because you know the anatomy of the neurological system, you know the anatomy of the human body, and you can make some profound changes. So it's, uh, it's been used a long time both in Europe and in South America um, by conventional medicine.
0: Now, I understand it can be used for treating many different issues. Um, can you just speak to me a little bit about fascia and how that gets involved or this concept of entrapment?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I, I explain the fascia to my patients like a saran wrap wrapped around your your body, holding your muscles and holding your tendons to keep them in a, a specific plane. When there's been a, a trauma, an injury, even a controlled trauma, which would be a surgery, Um, That fascial, the fascial planes become interrupted. And if you think of, um, say, for instance, in Chinese medicine, they talk about qi flowing through meridians. When the fascia is interrupted, you break that flow of qi. Well, maybe more uh, in a conventional way, we could look at the flow of lymph and blood can also be interrupted as well. So when you look, and, and the profession I always turn to with this one, because the, it seems like from the beginning, they address this as osteopathy. Osteopaths seem to have a very intimate knowledge of the fascia and how that works. There's actually a rhythm and a, and a pulse that goes through the fascia. And so when I speak with osteopaths about neurotherapy, they, they completely understand what we're trying to do. And we're trying to reset that autonomic nervous system um, to downregulate the pain that can be caused in these situations. And when we think about, you know, chronic diseases, um, especially chronic infection like Lyme, um, neurotherapy really matches for uh, controlling some of the symptoms and, and even curing some of the symptoms.
0: And what about neurological pain? How does it facilitate uh, healing for neurological associated pain?
1: That also goes right back to, again, the cause. So if the neurological pain is coming from, say, an entrapped peripheral nerve, it can release that nerve so that it can polarize properly. So when you think about nerves in the body, we talk about a 70 microvolt charge, and that charge is going from cell to cell. And a lot of times what happens when there's an injury or an infection or a toxicosis in the human body, that charge... We'll we'll use a, the example of downregulate because that's what happens more so than upregulate. Say it goes down to say a fifty six, and and then the the firing that occurs in the sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight, or think of it as the gas in your car, that actually is being counteracted by the parasympathetic which is the rest relax digest so we're right back to that autonomic or automatic nervous system and what happens it's like holding your foot on the brake while you're pushing the gas Mm. and what we're doing to address the pain is trying to get that procaine into that sweet spot I'll call it to rebalance that nerve and alleviate the pain for the patient
0: so how might uh, neurotherapy be beneficial for treating people with Lyme disease who are experiencing chronic pain?
1: Well, when you look at the, we'll start with the basic area, you know, trigger point therapy um, is neural therapy. It was made popular in North America, North America by uh, Janet Travell. I'm sure a few of your listeners will know uh, the, the myofascial pain and dysfunction book that she wrote, um, excellent book. Um, it is basically the, the evolution of European German neural therapy. Um, so treating trigger points can be extremely helpful uh, with Lyme patients because of the chronicity of their symptoms. Um, often, if you think about, you know, pain in, in the back, neck and shoulders, often what happens, there's a lot of drawing together that occurs where the shoulders come up to the ears. By, by actually injecting these trigger points, you can get a lot of release and relaxation of the actual nerves. And then above and beyond that, what you're actually doing uh, when you treat Lyme patients with, uh, with neural therapy, you're releasing the toxins that allows all bugs to stay in your system much longer. And I remember when I first was taught that in the early 2000s by Dr. Klinghardt, it was one of those questions in my head of, I've never heard any other doctor say this. But then in practice, when I started to apply what he was teaching us, you could really see a shift when you actually move the toxins out of the body. You could get a hold of the different bugs and co-infections that often come with Lyme to reduce the pain, but not only reduce the pain, reduce where the pain is coming from, which is the toxins that are dysregulating the body. And maybe to put that in more simple terms is the toxins that are stopping the healing that are getting in the way of the body's own natural ability to bring itself and self-regulate.
0: Are there any side effects to neurotherapy?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a common question I get. And I, I think the, the, the side effects are often what we call um, a healing crisis or commonly used in the, in the uh, Lyme community, used as a Herxheimer reaction. We can mitigate a lot of those with using binders like chlorella and NAC and and acetylcysteine, Uh, that's what NAC is, vitamin C. These are are natural agents that bind to the toxins and the bugs as they are released in the body. So it's a natural reaction that the body is having. It's not so much a side effect. I think the side effect when it comes to medication, um, as far as procaine goes, procaine is cleared through Uh, the the connective tissue through a a nice fancy medical term through an enzyme called pseudocolonesterase and there are a very low amount of population people in the population who have something called a pseudocolonase esterase deficiency and so they don't clear the procaine so they can have that maintained symptom of the numbness of the um, um, relaxation. So they almost feel hyper relaxed, which can make some patients feel concerned, which we, we do a, a full interview ahead of time to make sure that they've never had a previous uh, response that way to getting, say, as you put in earlier, to dental freezing um, or any other application of any cane product, procaine, mevacaine, um, rebivacaine. So uh, the side effects are minimum, uh, but they do have to be mitigated by healthcare professional.
0: And I understand you're involved in training physicians and healthcare professionals in the United States and Canada. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, back in uh, in 2013-14, I had the opportunity to um, meet uh, Dr. Jeff Harris from Seattle. He studied extensively and preceptored uh, alongside um, Dr. Klinghart for years, and he um, when uh, Dr. Harris began to expand his teaching of neural therapy through the U.S., um, he asked me to come along and assist with him because I had a fair amount of training from Europe and, and had also studied with Dr. Klinghardt, as I mentioned earlier. So that opportunity has been excellent where I've been able to um, um, assist in the United States and, and teach at Bastier University with him in Seattle. And we've also been to Portland, Oregon as well, um, teaching some advanced classes there as well.
0: And how can people find healthcare professionals that are trained in neural therapy in Canada or in the States, in North America? <laughs>
1: in North America, yeah. So in, since, since uh, that uh, amazing conference I told you about, um, which I believe was 2015 in Ottawa, um, we have tried to spearhead and push forward, which is actually happening, uh, the NAANT, which is, stands for the North American Association of neural Therapists. And if you go naant.org, um, they'll, there's a list of practitioners um, in North America that you can access who are um, medical doctors, naturopathic doctors, uh, osteopathic physicians, uh, acupuncturists, who are all uh, training and bringing their skills up and, and sharing their experiences and practicing neural therapy.
0: Do you have any other closing thoughts or comments about neural therapy and pain management?
1: I think uh, the point I would I would really like to uh, get out to your listeners is that neural therapy is is very safe and very gentle. It it has many levels to it. Um, you know, it, it, there's there's introductory levels, just as with most therapies, there's an introductory level, there's an intermediate, and there's an advanced level. And uh, when when you go to a practitioner uh, who does neural therapy, there should be an open discussion about what your you're comfortable with and earlier in the podcast you you disclosed that you'd you didn't like uh, getting the idea of getting needles was not a positive thing for you well i would i would echo that i am from the same background <laughs> um but it was my first neural therapy treatment that made me change my mind quite quickly because the profound results i got were nothing compared to the little bit of poking of a needle and from going from a um you know, a six foot four person passing out from a needle to actually asking for them because of the results of the therapy um, really made me go on to study this and practice this therapy um, much deeper because I really see immense um, positive effects from it.
0: Are there any resources that people could go to to learn more about neural therapy?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I would highly recommend, um, you know, really anybody, whether you're a healthcare professional or not, if you're interested in neural therapy. Um, late Dr. Robert Kidd, a, a, a very open-minded physician uh, who passed away a couple of years ago now from Ottawa, wrote a book called Neurotherapy, Applied Neurophysiology and Other Topics. And it's an excellent book. It is, it's it's um, written in, in, in layman's terms, but also includes some incredible um, you know, diagrams and some of his case studies that he watched um, over the years improve. And uh, yeah, and it's an excellent book. And then um, there's atlases of neural therapy that uh, come from the uh, theme uh, um, publisher out of Europe. And those are available on Amazon. Um, Anything written by Matthias Dosh or Peter Dosh. They're both um, MDs. And they're also studied under the original um, Hunnicki brothers, which are the, uh, the original founders of neural therapy. And then if you really want to dive deeper and there's physicians out there who want to look at the deep history and and where it came from, there's the manual of neural therapy, according to Hunnicki. And that's a, a nice big textbook, um, all based on the approach of, of what they found in the early years of, of doing neural therapy with anesthetics.
0: Thank you for sharing those resources. We just love to keep learning here on Looking at Lyme. Thank you so much, Dr. Biswas, for sharing your time and your expertise with us today.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me on.
0: That was so fascinating to learn how neural therapy can be applied in so many different ways to treat fascia, trauma, chronic pain, and even tattoos and scars. That's another podcast of Looking at Lyme. Enjoy the spring and stay safe in the outdoors.